it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty will I give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Good morning. My name is Brian. Glad to be with you guys. Um, humbled to get to talk about God's word, about who God is today. And uh, at what Ben just read, um, I don't know what God has for you today. But he's very much been stirring something in my heart and uh, excited to share. So uh, we are in a series in 1 Corinthians 12. Can you hear me okay? I'm getting, I'm getting waves and signals. So turn it on. It's on. Pretty sure. Hello? There we go. All right. All right. We are in 1 Corinthians 12 going through a study on the Holy Spirit. If you're just joining us, um, we are moving through this idea that God is with us in uh, his presence as the Holy Spirit, and that he equips us with, with gifts that enable us to love one another and to grow as a body, to, to be unified. Um, but I want to start um, with this idea. Uh, this is a helpful idea about perspective, and this, this kind of thought here is where you stand determines what you see. Uh, a few years ago, I had the privilege of flying out to Portland, Oregon, and see the West Coast for a little bit, uh, and it, it was awesome. Like, it, if you've never been to the West Coast, uh, it is gorgeous. Uh, it is full of trees and mountains and rivers, and it, it's just refreshing to see uh, God's beauty there. And we took a day, we were in, in, in the city of Portland, we took a day to go to some of the surrounding areas. And one of those is Mount Hood, a uh, huge mountain. You can see it from many places within the city. And so we go and we go to like the base of the mountain and you can go to like this gift shop. And I got a t-shirt. It's like one of my favorite t-shirts, still wear it today. Um, and it was kind of infuriating because we're standing at the base of this huge mountain that I've been seeing like all week from Portland. And literally, I couldn't see the mountain. <laughs> like I'm there at Mount Hood at my one trip to the, the West Coast, and the mist was the heaviest mist I've ever seen. And so I'm on the base of a mountain, kind of anticipating as we drive out there, like I'm going to get to see just this full scope. I'm going to be able to look straight up and and it's going to be amazing. And we step out of the gift shop, and all we can really see is the ground in front of us. Uh, we did a hike. It was awesome. We, we, we saw wildflowers. The terrain was, was amazing. Even though we couldn't see the peak or look up and understand that we were in the presence of a huge, glorious mountain. And... Uh, and I got a little creeped out because she learned that it was also the place where The Shining uh, was, was <laughs> filmed. And so that was kind of scary to her. Um, so we left after that. But it was an awesome, awesome experience. And here's what I'm going with, with this idea. Where you stand determines what you see. I wasn't 
I was standing at the base of the mountain, but I couldn't see the whole picture. I was right there. And today, we are going to be, t- we're going to be talking about the gift of healing and miracles and uh, discerning of spirits. But God just ministered to me this week and said, like, can we zoom out? And can we see that we are sitting in the tension of the hope of Christ that he gives us, um, but also the the day-to-day challenge, the day-to-day struggles, the pain and the suffering. That we can talk about spiritual gifts, but I was encouraged this week by the future promises that we have and why those gifts sustain us through today. And I don't know where you are today, but I think we're learning as a body to admit that there's difficulties. I think as a body, we're learning to say that, uh, hey, I I know that there's a mountain, there's a beautiful view, there's a snow-capped mountain with trees, and it's heavenly in scale. But right now, all I can see is the ground in front of me. All I can take is the next step. It's, it's even a struggle for me just to appreciate the wildflowers along the way. And I, I think it's, it's okay for us to admit that there is pain and, and, and groaning and tension in this life. Though we know, and what I hope we can get to today, there is a lot of hope and there is a bright future. The whole idea of unity and the spiritual gifts is that we would be drawn close together in Christ and minister to each other with the love of Jesus while we wait to be with him one day. And, and we're just, I'm just tired. I, 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 we can't act like everything's perfect. We have to be like honest with one another that there's moments that we're broken for people. There's sickness, like we prayed about this morning. There's tragic events. So if you hear anything this morning, we have a bright, bright future in Christ, and he gives us everything we need for today, everything we need today. We can hold and cling tightly to Christ as our Savior and the one that we will see face-to-face one day, but at the same time, he's with us in our pain. 1 Corinthians 1, so as, I, I, as God is just laying this on my heart this week, 1 Corinthians 1, the Paul's letter in which we're finding the gifts listed in chapter 12, I was encouraged to see that at the very beginning of his letter to the people of Corinth, who are just distraught from brokenness and and discord and a mess of sin, and they are having trouble seeing the ground in front of them, the mist is so heavy, he reminds them of this heavenly perspective to consider what, where they're standing and what they see. He says in verse four, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. Now, now hear this, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Bedrock Church, that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end. He he will sustain you to the end. Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, 
God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. My prayer this morning, and I'm going to pray here, is that we don't miss what God has for us in this current moment. It's beautiful. And while we await the full view of everything that God has for us one day, may, may we learn to understand what his presence looks like right now. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Um, thank you for this, this, this group, this people that, that come together today in the name of Jesus. We are, we are nothing without, without Jesus, without your love towards us, and the way that you do a miracle in our own hearts to go from, from blindness to sight, to see you, and to see all that you have promised for us one day, to be fully known by you right this moment, that when we put our faith in you, there are promises that we can cling to through the toughest of days. And today, may we do that and join in that together in this current moment with any of the suffering and pain and sickness that we go through. May you teach us as a body to to walk through that together. And as we continue this thought, may you encourage us with what we need to hear. In your name, amen. I'm going to continue on this thought that uh, I just want this truth to sit with us, to, for us to grab onto it, is that in the end, God will make all things new. Like, we're zooming out for a moment, spiritual gifts we're going to get into. In the end, God will make all things new. Paul knew that these, this Corinthian church needed to hear that, and man, do we need to remind each other of that every day. Drew looked at me this week and said, this, this life is all about the gospel, the message of what Jesus has done. And it was, it was what I needed in that moment, that we get to, as Christians, look at the world differently because of what we have promised in Christ. It's what I call our redemptive lens. Um, and I want to show us kind of on a whiteboard here. But it's what Ben just read, Revelation 1 was full of the promises. I encourage you to go back, or 21, go back and read it. He says that there's no more pain, there's no more sickness, that our enemy will be defeated. And so this is where, if we're zooming out and looking at the full mountain of God's goodness to us, we see um, (laughs) the narrative of all of Scripture, right? So we see that we can take comfort in God being eternal, that he is the alpha and omega, that he's always been, and that he created us, that we have a purpose. We've talked about that. But I think there's many days where we, daily, we feel the weight and the groaning and the pain of this fall, that God has always meant for us to be with him in harmony, in unity, in wholeness, but something was broken deeply here. Sin has destroyed our our world, and sickness came out of that moment, and pain, and and all of these things that we just know aren't of God, which obviously, as we know, kicked in this, this pursuit of God in his love towards us in what we call redemption. 
redemption. What he, what he means is that he, he longs in his love for us to be whole. And if you're feeling like, man, you just need to hear that today. Just remember, if you're feeling broken, like he longs for us to be whole. And he's promised that for us. So much so that he did the greatest miracle, the greatest moment of healing that he could ever do in sending his son, Jesus, Jesus Christ, to walk among us, to be with us, to give his life, to pay for that penalty of sin that we never could, to show us a love that was as tangible as as we could ever see or know, and in power to, to defeat death in the grave and promise to us life in him. And so moving forward is the church, us. That's where we're at. We're in this moment. I just want us to see that. Like, this is an amazing moment that we get to be in, but it is it's tough. And it is full of, of resistance against our enemy, Satan. Like, we can say that. There is a clear resistance against the church and what God wants to do in redeeming and restoring. Like, we're still not at that wholeness, that fullness of eternity with God, face to face. No more pain. No more suffering. Satan will be defeated. No more mourning. He'll wipe away our tears. Our thirst will be found satisfied in the spring of the water of life. And that will be our future forever. I take great joy in being able to sit in that promise. Now, moving to spiritual gifts, you're like, okay, what's that have to do with healings and miracles? And it has everything to do with it. Because as we're in this moment as the church, there is still sickness. And God, in his grace, ministers to us. He still cares about the physical pain that we experience. And so there's healing. God heals. And there's still moments, because we're not face-to-face with God, that he does what only God can do. He does the impossible. He does miracles. And there's moments along the way, not moments, there is a, a equipping that he does in discerning against the spirits where he helps us see our enemy so clearly. The deceit in the voice of Satan can be discerned through the gift of discerning spirits. And I know we can get caught up in how did these things work today and all of these things, but we've got to see it through this redemptive lens that God is, these are gifts of grace. These aren't just things for our um, momentary enjoyment. These are things that are moving us forward to wholeness. That's what God longs for us, and it's a promise we can live on. I hope that sits with you today. Romans 8, my last kind of thought on this is, um, 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Do you feel that longing? Do we eager for it? It's like a groaning in our hearts. And uh, I think God, I know God is calling us uh, 
to do that together out of love. It's not easy. It's not perfect. But may help us do that together. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, if you're just joining us, here's our list that we are are working through. 7 through 10 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. Um, To another, faith by the same Spirit, which Drew talked about last week. Faith really is uh, listed here before these miracles, I think, for a purpose. Um, To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, So again, we see faith very much listed before miracles or healing, because I really believe that these are things that only God can do. And, and our faith is something that he gives us to trust and to declare that, that when he wants to do something, he can and he will, and he does it through us. We're going to see that when Jesus heals, he very much has a heart to understand what's your faith in this moment. We've got to pay attention to that. My, my, my second point here is in the waiting, in the waiting, I mean, as we wait, for that wholeness that we have in Christ, God is gracious to give healing. In the waiting, God is gracious to give healing. Um, have you ever been in, I know, I know we've, we've all got different experiences. My heart actually was just so broke this week in thinking about the sickness and the pain that we go through. I, I know. It's, um, it comes upon us, and it's horrible. I, it's It's... Something um, I can't always fully understand. I have two girls under that are toddlers. And so for our house, sickness is kind of like a theme right now where they're running around and they pass it like crazy to us. And even I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to sickness. Like I, I'm just like struggling and it's just like a little cold. Um, but there's just that feeling where you're just like, ah, when will this, will this end? I, I want to be better. I'm tired of, of this, this pain, this runny nose, whatever it might be. Um, but my heart yeah, is just broken because there's so much more pain that I know others feel and are, are experiencing. It's hard to even, like, communicate that. The, the pain that um, the couple is feeling that Drew just prayed about over this morning. Uh, and I, I just want to remind us and encourage us and comfort us that God is all about our healing. He cares for our, our pain and our 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 sickness, but he doesn't just care about the physical pain. He cares about our whole self. He cares about the emotional pain. He cares about the physical pain. He cares about the relational pain. He wants to restore all of those, and he does through Christ. And so in God's timing, um, I believe he gives us the ability to minister to one another in the gifts of healing. Um, it's only found this gift of Gifts of healing is only found three times in the New Testament. Here's a definition that that I'm going to use. It's not perfect, but being used by God to see someone's physical health supernaturally restored. This can also include supernatural healing emotionally, spiritually, and from demonic oppression. In God's timing, from what I see in Scripture, He grants, and this is the, the faith piece, He grants us, some of us, uh, with a, a certain measure of faith to have uh, for someone to have supernatural healing or for miracles that reflect a God that has compassion for them. 
This is often rooted. So when God does a, a miracle or brings about a healing, it is very much oftentimes rooted in a prayer, a fervent prayer by, by God's people because he's drawn them towards the sickness of another. I will say also, there's, there's times where God just heals someone without that. Like he does what he does. When he heals, he's all about that. It doesn't always mean it's through one of us. But can we acknowledge that he gives us that gift to care and be led in the spirit to pray with confidence that he would heal someone? And what do we see with Jesus and his healing ministry? We see um, he healed over and over again. He burst onto the scene of our broken world. And the first things he does is he begins touching people um, who are sick and they are healed. He begins performing miracles. And, and what, is, what was the purpose of that? It was to declare this future kingdom, the kingdom of God, the wholeness, the restoration of the brokenness that he stepped into. He, he stepped into our brokenness because he loves us so dearly. Matthew 9, 27 through 30 talks about him healing a blind man. It says, and as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him and, and Jesus said to them, do you believe Ah, here's the faith question. Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were open. Um, there's this, this connection to this faith, this belief. Do you believe that God can heal the, the sickness that you're going through, the pain that you're going through? If you don't, can, can we start to see that he longs for that for you, that he is the source of healing, that he's stepping towards you, and that we can trust him and believe that he's the one that can satisfy that pain. Healing, though, he, he did a healing with a woman with a blood condition in Mark 5, 33 through 34. Uh, it says, but the woman, knowing what happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Your faith has made you well. There's this woman who for years had this condition of her blood and it was painful. And it actually says there was just no like remedy. There was no um, miracle that had healed her up until that point. And she, she knew that Jesus was that source of healing and she touched his garment. And her faith, it says, allowed her to be uh, healed. I would say also the grace of our healing God. Healing a blind man from birth, John 9, 1 through 7. As he passed by, he saw a, blind, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not this man. Uh, it was not this man's sin or his parents, but that, listen to this, highlight this in your in your in your Bible, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Okay, first of all, we see God Jesus in his ministry heals in so many different ways. He, he doesn't always do it the same way. And if I'm this guy, I'm like, why did I, why did I get the saliva like treatment? Like the mud and 
saliva healing. Like, couldn't I just be the one that you, you speak words and I, I'm made whole? Um, but more importantly, the observations we see here is, uh, and I'm just kind of going to make observations about Jesus' healing. We can't cover all of those passages, so I encourage you, go and read them. Um, but some observations is that he, Jesus cared about the faith of those who needed healing. We should trust that Jesus can and will heal us of our sickness. Um, I, can't, I can't say that if we have low faith, he's not going to be gracious enough to give us, like, um, wholeness and, and heal us, but we see a connection there. Sometimes God heals despite, like, our faith in his sovereign plan. Um, he healed in various ways. So uh, the spit in the mud, sometimes it was words, sometimes it was laying on of hands. He sought to know the person that needed healing, and he, like, ministered them in a way that was personal and what each person needed. Um, he adjusted those uh, those methods. And so um, another thing that we see in that last, uh, that last example is sometimes the sickness uh, someone experiences was, was due to sin. Sometimes we know, like, for example, if you're, like, eating a lot and gluttonous and you've made food an idol, like, you might be experiencing crazy back pain, and the pain that you're feeling and the sickness you're feeling <laughs> is rooted in, in something that's much deeper. In other times, sickness we see in his healings, it's not connected to, to sin at all. Like in this situation where he says, like, I'm just, I'm using this pain and the suffering, which is this hard, this is hard to understand, but I'm using this pain and the suffering to show my mercy in this moment, that I'm healing him of what he's uh, felt and faced his whole life. God, God what I've been learning with, with healing is, is God's in control of it. He's sovereign in it and he uses it. Sometimes we sit in sickness and it's a slow healing. Sometimes it's an immediate healing that he allows us to see that builds up our faith. But in all of it, he can use it uh, to minister and draw nearer to us than we could ever without it. Um, he sought to heal the whole person. He, he, he often didn't uh, just, just heal a physical situation, but he would um, point them to this life, this kingdom that he wants us all to um, find in him. And so it's as if God in these moments was pulling back the curtain and give us an idea of the full and holistic restoration that he has for his people. The unlimited power at his disposal and uh, the victory that he holds over sickness and death and Satan. John 5, 19 says, So when Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. Again, that just shows us through Jesus, God healed um, it's the work of God. It wasn't something that we can do on our own. Um, I love this quote from Gentle and Lowly. Hergen Moltmann, <laughs> uh, he says, we are so used to a fallen world that sickness, disease, pain, and death seem natural. In fact, they are the interruption. When Jesus dispels demons and heals the sick, he is driving out creation, the powers of destruction, and is healing and restoring created beings who are hurt and sick, the lordship of God to which the healings witness restores creation to health. Jesus's healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, de demonized, and wounded. He bursts onto the scene because he is so, God is so compassionate. He is so loving, filled of mercy towards us, in our current moment, our, our brokenness, and he points us to wholeness. Um, and so we fast forward to kind of like, okay, in the church, 
um, I don't see that God healing stops today. Like he still heals in various ways, in miraculous, powerful moments, and also in slow moments through medication. He uses suffering and sickness for our own just holiness and walk with him. So it's, it's up to God, but I don't see that that ceased and that he allows us to be part of his work of healing. James 5 is a good example for me of this. Um, let's read it. It says in 13 through 18, is anyone among you suffering? Talking to the church, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah was um, a prophet in the Old Testament that God used. Um, and it says, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain for three years and six months. It did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. From that passage, um, I think as a church, it's hard to deny that God calls us to minister to one another in our sickness, to pray fervently when we know about those needs, that we would receive healing, and that he would do it in powerful ways. I also see that he calls us not just to address the, the physical sickness, but with one another to address the sin, to confess with one another that we're striving together for the complete wholeness that Jesus offers us. Communication has to happen for that. Honesty has to happen for that. Um, I don't see here where, where he excludes all of us from praying these prayers of faith, that God would stir us to to have confidence that he can heal us together. And then I also see with the, the story of Elijah, what he's trying to say is, Elijah was a prophet, but he's just like you. Like he's a, a man that I can use and, and someone who brings his prayers to me and I, can, and I do my thing. And, and he didn't see the rain um, come immediately, but what he saw was through um, consistent trust and prayer that God did his thing. And so what that 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 shows me is that we should not cease praying for the sick. We should not cease praying for wholeness. We should not cease confessing our sins once another because God cares about our whole healing. Um, to move quickly here, a few other observations. Healing's up to God. Like we don't carry that ability on our own. I do think this gifting. Um, I do think God God could and, and likely within the body just uniquely um, compels some of us towards the sick to regularly pray and have a heart for those that, that are hurting. And God uses the faith of those within the body to display his healing power. I, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like, except I, I want us to embrace that. If, if God like supernaturally puts on your heart a faith that someone is going to receive healing, like, can we not quench that and push it to the side, but can we embrace and step towards that person? Can we pray the prayer that God puts on our hearts? Because it's likely he's giving you faith so he can display himself, so he can make himself known in our body. 
Um, when God doesn't heal, um, there's a few thoughts I would have based. Um, it's just on the sovereignty of God. Like, it could be that God doesn't heal us in this current moment, but he does in heaven. And, and we can trust him with that. It doesn't mean if we pray for someone to be healed in, in this current moment that we failed or God has failed. There's this surrender to God and what he's going to do. And you know what? It's actually a testimony and a, um, like a celebration that God's people, his children, would be confident enough in faith to pray with such trust and belief that God can do that. And so there, there's, there's this idea sometimes, I think, that we cease that praying if we don't see immediate results. God's sovereign. We can trust him in that. So practically, how I think this could, could work out in our body is, I said kind of already, can we communicate? Can we learn how to better communicate the needs and the sickness and the suffering that we're going through? Because we can clearly see that God calls us to minister in that together. Um, and when we are compelled to minister to a brother or a sister in this way, can we be obedient to step towards them, to pray for them, to, to take that faith that God's given to us and, and put it into action? And as we step towards that person, I think it's helpful and healthy for us to seek to understand that whole person, to ask questions, to understand where they're at, um, to, to understand that there's different roots to these things, and it might not be a physical pain that, or a suffering that is the most urgent thing in their life, but it might be something deeper. It might be sin. It might be emotional. It might be relational. And God calls us to step towards each other in that. You know, we can ask questions. Where does it hurt? When did this begin? Um, what's your faith in this moment that Jesus can heal you? Um, and if he gives you that faith, pray. Don't stop praying. Trust him with what he's going to do. And the results are up to God. I think as we learn to do this in the body over time, we're just going to start to see those giftings play out. It might be that Drew and I are headed to the hospital to pray over someone, and, and it's just clear in our body who, who maybe we're bringing with us because God's just used them in this type of ministry um, over and over again. And so I, I, I think that's, that's something he could do, and I also think we're all, in, at any moment, um, God is able to put that in our hearts. Um, so that's... That's the first one I see here. The la I have a quote just to kind of close the idea on, on the gift of healing. It says from Piper, the greatest need is to care that people are sick, sick with soul-destroying sin, sick with emotional disorders, sick with physical disease, and often a tangled mixture of all three. The greatest miracle is that our hearts, listen to this, our hearts begin to care more about the lostness and pain of others than about our own personal comforts and leisure pains. When that miracle happens, we might be in a position to experience the lesser gifts of healings. Love, we're going to see over and over again, is the motivation. It's a miracle when God steps towards uh, one another with that um, desire and prayer. Point number three, I'll try to move quickly here. In the waiting, God can do what man cannot. Miracles. Such a tough one to define, um, but God can we just acknowledge that God can do anything? I've been having to remind myself of that lately and write that down. Like God can do the impossible and he does that through us. Obviously we see Jesus uh, turning water into wine. We see Jesus raising Lazarus back from the dead. We see Jesus calming the storm, um, delivering people from Satan's bondage. 
we see him feeding the 5,000 with just a loaf and fishes. But also see that uh, God doesn't, hasn't stopped doing miracles. Not, now, we could argue how frequently and compared to how it looked for Jesus, what that might look like. But God hasn't stopped doing miracles. He hasn't stopped making himself known in ways that are just undeniably God. God flexing his power in a moment that leaves us in awe to say that was only of God. And he uses that. Can we believe that he does that? Um, Romans 8, 15, 18 through 19 says, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to the Gentiles, to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to uh, Lyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. We see in Paul's ministry that miracles were very much a part to point people to what we're talking about here, to that uh, hope that we find in Christ. And sometimes it takes um, a miracle to push back the stubbornness of humanity, what we are <laughs> stubborn to um, find in what we see in Scripture and, and who God is. I would say a definition by Wayne Grudem here is God's activity in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. Um, this is a gift very much like healing, very much up to God, very much up to God when he gives us a miracle in a moment that is just clearly something that only he can do in our natural world. And I would say um, it's hard to say that this is something that one person would carry over and over again. I believe this is one of those gifts that it's occasional, it's of God, and when he does it, it's clear it's, it's, it's by God through someone or, or on his own through, through the body. And so it's a gift that uh, we just surrender to him, but we don't stop praying for him in those moments where we need a miracle. Um, thoughts that came to my mind is, I think healing in many ways is a miracle. That's one that falls into that for me, but they separate it. Um, I've heard of things that God does on the mission field to, um, to like secure people from persecution, to um, oppose like demonic and satanic like um, ruling and, and, and uh, oppression in certain places that when God does it in like unmistakable ways, it like unleashes people to faith in him. In, in places where there's like um, opportunities for groundbreaking uh, moments, movements of the gospel, uh, he does these things that are just clearly of him that we can't plan on our own. And I think it's um, especially God speaking loudly to those who are not listening. Uh, I have a quote here from Grudem. It says, miracles are to confirm the truthfulness of the gospel, to bring help to those in need, to remove hindrances to people's ministries, and to bring glory to God. I think those are some filters that are helpful for us, that, that miracles aren't just something we're seeking to experience a magical moment, but they're of God to point ourselves to him, to his power alone, and to his um, desire for us to know him, for our desire, desire for us to holistically experience him. He stands in a league of his own when it comes to his power, and he wants us to know him. Um, I think in those moments where we, we do see something that is um, something we can't do on our own. I think just filtering that, like what's the result of this? Um, was a person that God did this through, a follower of Jesus? Um, what, what does this do in line with Scripture? And I think we can, can, God gives us discernment to understand what something is truly of him, what the fruit is of that miracle. 
And lastly, um, number four, in the waiting, God equips us against the enemy. I'm speaking specifically about this, this other gift, discerning of the spirits. Just as God is desirous for the church um, to flourish, for us to minister to one another, for unity, which again feels so, um, we have to fight for it. Um, Satan, I'm learning, like Satan is in full opposition to that. Like he wants to throw bombs and darts. It says that he is like a roaring lion seeking people to devour. Have you felt that? Like he pushes against he pushes against what God's doing in the church for eternal purposes of God, for a holistic um, restoration in him. Like he is still among us. And we can't forget that. Let's not act like he's not like sh- shooting at us with his darts and knows exactly where to press and he's deceitful. And so God gives us, I believe, this, this gift of discerning the spirits that we're fighting against principalities and powers and and like Drew talked about in, in one of his, his messages previously, like it's not just the physical world. Like we, it's, it's both physical and spiritual. And, and when we start to believe and understand that, um, we're equipped to see the lies of our enemy. And God is gracious enough in moments where there's a presence, uh, a satanic presence, a false teaching, something that he is sowing for, our, for his people to have this, this wisdom and discernment, this conviction, this um, understanding that something is not of God. I, I don't want to paint this more than I see in Scripture. I don't, I don't know exactly what this looks like for everyone or if that moment always looks the same, but he gives us discernment and wisdom um, to see the voice of the shepherd versus the voice of our enemy who wants to um, also be present but to destroy us. And so that's the gift of discerning of the Spirit's um, looking at my notes here. <laughs> a definition, a special ability to distinguish between the influence of the Holy Spirit and the influence of the human or demonic spirits in someone's life. Um, I think the purpose is, it's mentioned right after miracles because I think Satan can also display his power in this world. And there's moments where we really, really have to discern, like, what is this? Something's not right here. Um, he's a deceiver. The Corinthians they were previously led away by um, idols. It says in our chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, they were, they were influenced by Satan and the, the religions of this world that um, are very much of Satan. And so 1 John 4, 1 says, Believe, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out in the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. There's this discernment that we can have, we can test against God's word, and in um, the fruit of, of these moments and situations and places to see, is this of him? Um, I've been in those, those moments where God's just impressed, impressed on my heart um, in a certain place that the enemy was, was present. There was this heaviness, um, and it's hard to explain, but the Spirit allows us to sense those things. I think my encouragement in this gifting is taking God's Word. God's Word is our guide. It's the one that gives us truth. It helps us in those moments to, to sift out what is of Him and what is not. 
Um, I want to close here uh, and just, just proclaim that above anything that we've talked about today, miracles, healing, um, discerning the spirits, the greatest miracle that has ever happened, the greatest gift, the greatest healing is what Jesus Christ has done. If, if, if you haven't um, received Jesus, if you haven't seen who he is in the centrality of, of the world that we're in and, and, and just the immense sacrifice and, and love that he has for us, I just long for you to know that today. That's a miracle, that, that what God has done in our sin and brokenness and freeing us from slavery to that and allowing us to like see clearly who he is, allowing us to be in relationship with, our, with him despite our sinfulness, it's a miracle. It's everything that we're all about. It's the it's message of the gospel that out of God's love for us, he sent his son so that we can walk in new life. And, and God says that um, in Romans, Romans 10, that, that uh, when we look at Jesus and what he's done, uh, that he calls us to confess of our sin, to, um, to, 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 to acknowledge that we are broken, and to place to believe, another word you could say is faith, to have faith in the work of what Christ has done, what he did on the cross and giving his life and shedding his blood in defeating death by raising on the third day what we're going to celebrate on Easter, putting faith in the power of Jesus in that moment to save you, to restore you, that God would no longer look at your sin, but he would see that you're forgiven. And then we get to repent and turn from that sin and walk in life and walk in hope. And look forward to the day that we're with him to cling to that promise. We long for you to know that if you haven't received Jesus, um, if you haven't placed your faith in him, I'd love to talk to you about that today. We'd love to talk to you um, about what that looks like. Um, in closing, as the band comes up, there's coming a day where there will be no more need for healing, where sickness is gone. There's coming a day where Satan is defeated, there's coming a day where we don't need miracles because we're face-to-face with him. But in the meantime, may God continue to graciously give us his presence, and may we learn to walk in that together. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for um, the good gifts of your spirit. Um, More than anything, we thank you for the work of Jesus, the gift of life, the river of life that you are to us, the promise that we have in eternally being secured, um, to look forward to the day where uh, we are free of um, the pain and the suffering. But God, we just ask that in this current moment, this beautiful moment that you allow us to be in, that we would learn to to take a step forward, that we would learn to, to enjoy the the family of God around us, to enjoy your goodness and your presence with us, um, though not all is perfect yet. You are good, and and I pray, Lord, that those of Fishtown and here in this city would continue to to know and see fully um, your love for them, of, of what Jesus has done. In your name, amen.